know, I've um, kind of introduced my, my family, and they've been a part of, uh, an important part of my journey. My, now, my dad surprised me, and he showed up here, and he's back in the back, so I don't have to be very, very nervous at all about that. Um, but I, I thought about this scripture this morning, and, you know, wh- one of the things that, you know, we, is an integral part of our life nowadays, in one way or another, is, is a GPS, you know, we have GPS in our cars, we have GPS in our, on our phones, and we, we have, now if, if you're from way back, you might remember, you might have had a little compass. And I, several years ago when I was uh, in seminary, I lived over in Georgia, and, and I was out, I, I can't even remember where, what state park it was in, but I was walking along the trail, I got there late in the afternoon, and I mean, I sometimes just love to just go out and just hike and, and walk. And I started walking along the trail, and I, I kept saying, well, I'll go a little bit further and a little bit further and a little bit further. And I finally got to a place where I noticed it was starting to get a little bit dark. And so I said, I better turn around and come back. And so this, I didn't have, I had a phone, but I didn't have one with a, any kind of compass or direction on it. So I started walking back, and then I started hearing things running around in the woods around me. Have you ever been in a place like that where you're not quite sure? And I remember I got on my phone and I, I called and I called home because, you know, I was hundreds of miles away from anybody, from, from, especially from my family. And I, I called and my mom picked up and I said, I just want you to know in case anything happens. <laughs> and so I'm sure that settled her heart greatly. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, whenever we get lost, we need a direction. We need, we need to know where we're, where we're headed. You know, all kinds of people of all different kinds of occupations, you know, they use GPS, they use compasses. If you're a, a pilot or if you're an archaeologist, certainly if you're working for a moving company, if you're a civil engineer, a surveyor, a a geologist, any number of things, they use a compass as a part of their work. Now again, maybe, maybe you had one of those that you held when, when you were younger and you just felt like, well, I can go anywhere now. Maybe as part of your scouts, uh, scouting background, you, you found your way with one of those little compasses. Maybe you even had the opportunity to even make one on your own. I, now, I haven't done this, but I'm told that with a magnetic compass, you can build one on your own with a bowl of water and a needle and a cord. Now, that'd be an interesting to see if that works. So uh, we have all these different types of compasses. One is that magnetic compass. Another is a, a gyro compass, and that works in conjunction with the spinning of, of the Earth's axis. And it rotates you toward a true north. A solar compass, you know, we, we might, can pretty easily figure out how that works. That it, you know, it works according to how, how the sun is directing us. And then there's another kind of compass that's a little bit different, and that is our, our moral compass. And this one uses the sun, except it's a different kind of sun. It's the Son of God as He directs us in the way that He wants us to go to guide us on a, to guide us on a path that, that we need to go. So what does a compass essentially do? 
It guides us on a path that we need to go so that we may go in a good and right direction. And if your compass is not guiding you in the right direction, what might you do? You might need to find a new compass. So we're starting a a new journey together. We're starting a, a new year together. And, you know, it's generally when we start a new year, we're we're optimistic and we're hopeful about what the next year has got to hold. Did, did anybody here make any New Year's resolutions? Maybe, maybe some. Nobody's raising hands, but I see a few head, heads shaking here there. But maybe um, one of the things we want to do as we begin a new year is maybe we want to have better relationships with our, with our friends and family. Maybe we have some goals for our family. Maybe we have some goals for our, our job. Maybe we just have some general things that we say, I want to do better. I want to be better this year. Now, if you look at statistics, oftentimes when we, when we make these goals, how long do they usually last? Oftentimes, <laughs> maybe a day, but one week. Is that statistically? Yes. Um, we have big dreams for ourselves and big hopes for ourselves, but we need a, a good direction. We need a good path that we can walk. And so we need to look at what are the navigational tools? What are the things that we're using to, to move forward? If you look at uh, a compass, again, what are, the, what are the main directions that you get? They're called uh, uh, the cardinal points. What are those four things, the primary ones you see? Absolutely. North, south, east, and west. That those are our principal points on our compass. And if you want to divide it up just a little bit more, there's what's called the intercardinal points. That's like northeast, northwest, southeast, southwest. And those can be divided more and more and more depending on how specific you want to be. So this morning, I want us to look at our, our scripture as kind of uh, looking for the cardinal points of what God is trying to speak to us this morning. And when we look at these things, we, we see that they are a direction for our relationship with God. What we need to be sure of when we come here this morning is, who are we following? Whose path are we, are we following after? The Apostle Paul, as he looked at these, at these points, he might say the north-south points of that compass is that we are chosen people and that we are God's children. You know, if we think about that in terms of that, that axis that, that the earth rotates on, these, this is like the north and the south poles. It's not a stretch to say that being chosen, knowing that we are chosen, knowing that we are the children of God, are two principal things that we need to understand as we move into a new year. In verse 4, it says, In Christ, before the foundation of the world, we were chosen. And what he's trying to say here is, it's not that anybody was chosen any better or more specifically than anyone else. He was trying to get across the message that, you know, originally... The Jewish people were known to be just, they were God's chosen people. He was wanting people to know everyone. 
Everyone is open. Everyone is invited into this new relationship with God. The circle is bigger. The boat is widened. The tent has been expanded. So you and me, we are all chosen as people of God. Have you ever noticed that often God has a different plan for your life than, than you do? You know, there's times in, uh, in my life when I've, I've, I've thought that I could give God some really good advice. But you know, I know that's, I always wind up knowing that, that God's direction was better than mine. And Paul wants to remind us that he's got a bigger plan than we could have ever imagined and that you and me as the people of God, we occupy a part of that plan. So where do we stand at the beginning of this year? We stand as people who face an unknown future, but we have a known God. God is the one who we, on whom we stand no matter what, what stands against us, no matter what beats against us. The God that created the heavens and the earth, the, the stars and the sky. I'm always in awe of that. That the very God who loves and knows us intimately is the one who created everything that is. To further the direction that God calls us into, we were chosen in Christ to be holy and blameless before him in love. And those might sound like the same, kind of the same words, but to be holy means to be, to be morally pure, to be without blemish or fault. And in the middle of that, you might think of the word separation. You know, when, um, when people worshiped in, uh, in the temple in ancient times, they were separated. They separated things apart for worship for than just for ordinary things. The sanctuary, like where we come in today, is a place where we, we set this place apart to give thanks to God for who He is, for what He's doing in our life. And God sets us apart for His glory. God sets us apart to be His instruments what he calls us to do is to designate our life, to set our life on a new path, to be with him. So we are called to be holy. We're called to be blameless. When we're blameless, we want to find a way to invite others, live our lives in such a way that we, we don't push others away that we live our lives in such a way that others will look at us and they'll say, that's the kind of person I want to be. I don't want to be the kind of person who hurts or injures anyone along, along the path. So we're called to be chosen people of God, but we're also called to be children of God. Now, this is a very personal thing. You know, we all are, or at one time, were children. And some of us were children by nature, and some were children by adoption. 
There's something very special about children who are, who are adopted because, again, what does that come back to? They were chosen. They were chosen. So look at, as you begin this year, and you look at what path God might have you take, that you are a child of God. And why is that important? Now, if you are a child and you have parents who love you, do you worry about the future? I know when, when I was growing up, I had two parents who, who loved me, and I didn't worry about if there was going to be, if I was going to be taken care of. I might not have gotten everything that I wanted, and I certainly didn't need everything that I wanted. But when you know you have a loving parent who, who has your best interest in mind, that you're going to have everything that you need. And Jesus even says that in the Sermon on the Mount. What does he say? Um, do not worry. Do not worry about saying what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear. Your heavenly Father knows what you need, that you need all these things. If we want to look at further directions, we're chosen, we're children of God, we're also redeemed, the Scripture says, and we are forgiven. No matter how much we've messed up, we're not beyond the grace of God. That Jesus continues to bestow grace upon grace. What is it? Why do we need to be redeemed? Uh, one of the things that uh, was mentioned in our earlier service today is, you know, we are one of the foundational doctrines of the Christian faith and of the church is that, you know, we were, we were born with original sin. You know, what does that mean? It means that when we're born, we, if, you, if you've ever seen a baby... You know, what, is, what is one of the primary words when they start to talk? What's one of the first words that they have? Mine. This is mine. And there's probably several others that we can, that we can think about. But, you know, we're, we are born and we're, we're broken and we're dysfunctional. And, and what Christ wants to do is to make us new and to make us usable again. And we're forgiven. You know, sometimes when we've messed up, one of the, the hardest things to do can be even just to forgive ourselves. And God, he says to us through Jesus Christ that, that you are forgiven. And when you, like at the beginning of a new year, you know, it's, it's like a, a fresh start. The, the slate has been made clean. And God, and God wants to do that for us through His Son, Jesus. And why does He want to do that? To give us a purpose. And our main purpose is this, is to bring praise and glory to God. So we are chosen and we are children of God. We have redemption. We have forgiveness. If we want to follow God's plan for our life, now what is one of the things we have to do? We have to find 
our direction. We have to find our plan. And if you have, uh, one of the things I never liked when I was in school was math. Now, I'm sorry if we have any math teachers that are here this morning. But, you know, I, I probably never learned it really well because I never wanted to take my book out. I never really enjoyed it. I never really wanted to, to study it. And, if, and what happens if you keep it in your backpack? You're not going to learn anything. And the truth is, when we want to find our way with God, that we need to trust our direction and trust the direction that he wants to take us on, even when we think we might know better. You know, God... He desires us, you know, as, as we say quite often, that he wants to guide us eventually to the joy of our eternal home. And in our world, we need something that is stable. So as we think about that image of the compass, we need to trust where he's taking us. We need to consult it frequently in case we get off the path. Because we know in, in our world, there's all sorts of voices. There's all sorts of things that are trying to, to point us in, in different directions. We need to be aware that there, there will be times when there will be people trying to, to take us off the path that God has called us into. And even we as, as Christians, you know, as we've, as we've seen and in these past few years, even we as Christians sometimes think that there are different paths we have to take. Even we as Christians have to, to know that, you know, it's easy to be judgmental of others who, who think or do things differently than we do. But what God calls us to do is to be mindful of our own steps. Take your next step faithfully. The final note I want us to talk about with our compass is to always be aware of our true north. You know, that, that compass is always to point us in the right direction, but our true north is, is in Jesus Christ. If you look in this scripture, no more than 16 times you would find him either directly or indirectly referred to. Jesus is the one who is our true north. He is the one who, that we follow. He is the one. This, this morning I've heard uh, a lot of talk from different people about my, my, my grandfather kind of standing in his shadow. But truly, the, the shadow of the one in whom we want to stand is the shadow of, of Jesus. He needs to be the one who is at the center of all we say and do. For Paul, sharing and helping others come to know Jesus was his passion. He wanted to be obedient to God's will. That was what he wanted more than anything else. Now, will we face troubles? Will we face difficulties? Will we have times that even as faithful Christians that we'll feel utterly lost? Yeah, there will be those days. And sometimes we'll be looking around and we'll just having to have to feel our way through the fog. But the thing is, when we have a relationship with Christ, 
That's something that nobody can ever take away from us. He is our hope. He is our life. He is our redeemer. He is our compass that points us in the right way. And it's our faith that we know he has our best interest at heart. And we know he's brought many of our forefathers and foremothers safely in, into his home. And one day, one day he'll guide us into that same place. So this, this day, let us, as we begin a new year, let us seek Jesus above all other things. Let us remember when we are hurt, when we are confused, Jesus, as the old song says, as we sang, that we sang as children, Jesus loves me, this I know. May we be called and live all of our lives in His, in His grace.